Women Making Waves. Linda, I only went away for three days last week and, and coming back. And then I know we're going away in two weeks' time. But I have this real <laughs> sort of obsession about tidying the house. No matter how many days I'm away, it has to be tidy. Now, I think I've changed over the years because I don't think I am as obsessed about it as now as I, I would have been years ago. I mean, do you have that same sort of... I do, actually. Anytime I'm going away, I do need to keep... A nice, and and there's, I think there's a dual, dual reasons for this. And I think we need to explore this with you, actually, mm. um, Susie, to make mm. sure it's the same. So the dual reasons for this, one for me is I would like to come back into a nice, tidy house and not feel like I've got to do lots. So that, <laughs> that's one. And the other more sinister reason... I hope mm. you're sitting down, I is that I just think, well, you know, if anything happens to <gasps> me, touch wood, mm, a touch wood, if, it if I won't. never come yep. back, yeah, yeah, I want people to think of me as a tidy, clean person, you know, and, and that's not going to happen because they're going to find something. But, you know, I, I don't want people walking in and going, oh, my God. Look at that. Have you seen under there? <laughs> Which they're going to anyway, you know, obviously, because I can't clean absolutely everything. But is is there a little bit of that with you then? Are you thinking, oh, if anything happens in a fatalistic way? Well, I, I think it, I think you're right. It's it's making sure that if you don't come back for whatever reason, or maybe you extend your holiday and somebody's coming into you your run house, away. you yeah. run away, that they look and think, she was very tidy. Yeah. If nothing else. <laughs> if nothing she else. Ran, she ran off with that other bloke. But she was really... Very tidy. Very tidy. And yeah. we've always got to say that about her. <laughs> yeah. I've got to say, and I'm going to admit this on, on radio right now, Linda, but when I started going out with my husband, Simon, I started to live with him. And we would travel in together and... I was never as organised as Simon was before we left to go to work each morning. And I'd be pulling out the drawers and literally taking out things and not putting them back. Oh, my goodness. I know, I know, I know, pretty bad. Anyway, <laughs> one day or one week I came back and my sister-in-law, who also lived with us, she had to go into our bedroom to find something. And she said she thought that a burglar had been in. <laughs> Because everything was a mess and I, I was absolutely mortified. <laughs> so I think that's where it stems from. I've just got better and better. And did that change your life then, that comment? No, it didn't change my life. It, it didn't change my life, but it, it made me think that I probably was very messy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now there's point three for the going on holiday mm -hmm. as well. If a burglar yeah. comes in, I mean, you don't want to be thought badly by them, do you, really? No. You don't want them coming in going, well, there's no point in even starting here. I'm not going to find anything. I might as well just go home. I mean, you want them to come in. A burglar, when he arrives, or, or she, I suppose, when they arrive, yes, you know, a professional burglar, you want them to... <laughs> You want to be proud of what they find, really, don't you? Well, or, or maybe maybe it's a deterrent. Oh, if yeah. you're going away, maybe you've got this so wrong, Linda, before we go. Maybe we should keep it a mess because when they come in... Or make a, a, big, a yeah, bigger make a mess. a bigger mess. So when a burglar does come in, they think... Well, he I'm, thinks he's the second yeah. one to arrive. It's all gone. <laughs> if someone's beat me to it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, what are we like? 
I, I, yeah, I, there is also a method in our madness, isn't there? But I, I, I think for you and for me, obviously, we have over the years we've discovered that that's what we like to do. We like to leave it tidy. Yeah, I that's think we do. There's nothing yeah. worse than coming back and looking round and, and and thinking, oh no, where do I start? And I've got all this washing to do. Yeah. You so know. I think we've created something that it's not an obsession as such. It's a, a habit that we want to get into. I think yeah. it, for me, it's a healthy habit. Mm-hmm. Now we're on to our first guest, aren't we? Claire Buckle, because she's done yes. something. Yes. Well, she developed a bit of an obsession during lockdown. She started, as, as many of us did, going out for walks and started noticing things in the countryside. And in particular, you know, all, all wildlife, really, you know, and the, the hedgerows and things like that. But in particular, she became rather obsessed and interested in hedgehogs. And we're going to be hearing from her about how it, her life kind of changed, really, during lockdown. Mm. Interesting story. It is a very interesting story. And then who do we have, Susie? Oh, we have Megan Swan. Now, it's so refreshing to talk to all our women, but particularly interesting for this week, we have the first first female president of the Magic Circle. And it's so important to say the first female president because it's an absolutely important moment, isn't it? Of course it is. Because when you think of magicians, I do tend to think of Paul Daniels and his ilk. But this lady got very interested in magic as a child and joined the Magic Circle at a very young age. Really interesting story as well. So another two great women to chat to this week. You're listening to Women Making Waves radio show and podcast, brought to you by Susie Thorpe and Linda Ness. This show is all about women doing extraordinary things. Today we have a story about how lockdown has changed someone's life in a really positive way. Claire Buckle decided to get fit by going out walking every day and this led to an unexpected side effect, as we'll find out. Welcome to Women Making Waves, Claire. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What did you do before lockdown? So before lockdown, I was working as a host in Marshall's car showroom in Cambridge and it was uh, going okay, meeting and greeting people and making teas and coffees and showing the customers to the salesmen. And it was interacting with lots of people, which I enjoyed. Then lockdown came along and I'm kind of assuming there'd be no showroom anymore. You couldn't go to work anymore. Presumably. I just, uh, well, I just decided to leave actually because I wasn't that comfortable there. So I left due to COVID really. It was my own choice to leave. Okay. So you decided to go out walking to uh, to keep your fitness levels up. Tell, us, tell us about that. Yeah, so what happened really, Linda, was I was starting to go out walking because all of a sudden we couldn't go anywhere, we couldn't visit anyone. And so I turned to going out walking because my anxiety was really quite high. So it went from starting off doing about eight miles. I was starting to walk and didn't realise the distance I was covering was so enjoying the walking, didn't want to come back in the house. So <laughs> I was ended up walking about 11 miles a day in the end. That's quite and a lot, actually, isn't it? It is a lot. It's, uh, yeah. And then it built up to a half marathon in the end. And I was thinking to myself, what can I do? 
I've done so much walking now. I need to input something with all this working. So what I decided to do was set myself a target after I'd spotted one hedgehog in the road. This was what brought it on to do the challenge. Mm-hmm. I decided to do a 500-mile walk. <laughs> so I set myself a 500-mile walk, and then actually I was enjoying it so much, the walking, and after just taking one hedgehog to the Suffolk Hedgehog Hospital, I decided to do this fundraising, and by doing the walking, and I upped my walking up to... 1,000 miles. Oh, good grief. <laughs> and I decided to go on to lots of radio stations so to try and raise awareness and do the fundraising. Within like being on there 10 minutes, I got £200 in fundraising for the hedgehogs. That's really encouraging, isn't it? And the more I went onto the radio, it really inspired me to keep walking because I had the encouragement of all the people behind me that were listening to me on the radio show as a guest. And I was talking about sharing awareness of the dangers that are out there to them in the gardens, that people don't really realise there's hedgehogs sleeping in the daytime when they're all going out to clear the gardens and Mm -hmm. the streamers and everything. It's quite a big threat, really. So I was talking about all of that and talking about all my walking I was doing, and I just kept walking. (laughs) And walking, and walking, yeah. (laughs) Forest Gump. (laughs) Tell us about the hedgehog then, the hedgehog that that really inspired you to start fundraising and looking after hedgehogs. What was that story? Yeah, so the first hedgehog was about a year ago now, the first encounter. I spotted something in the road. I wasn't sure, so I went across in the road and spotted the hedgehog. So it's quite a small hedgehog. So I hadn't got gloves or anything. And at that time, I was a bit nervous to pick it up because mm. really quite prickly. They are. I was actually <laughs> going to ask you about that. They are a bit, bit kind of And jerky, I was like, they? oh, I can't leave it there. So I ran home, got a washing up bowl, <laughs> believe it or not, out of the garage and went back with some gloves and picked it up and brought it home. And I was just looking at this little hedgehog and I was just falling in love with it. Such a magical looking, mysterious little creature all in this tight ball. You know, it's amazing how they just curl up really tight. And this little innocent creature was in the road and I I phoned the Suffolk Hedgehog Hospital because I didn't know what to do. So I just looked online and this lovely lady called Sue told me to bring the little hedgehog over straight away. So I took the hedgehog over And he was in quite a bad way, so he told me. He had a nasty head injury and he was really quite thin. So I would say he was, you know, really struggling and probably been hit slightly by a car. So so he said, don't get your hopes up. You know, I don't think it's going to make it. So all I could think about at home was this hedgehog, you know, worrying about it. And before I left her at the gates... She named it Bucklehog. So she gave it my surname. Oh. Yeah. And I left him there and it must have been about a month and I got a phone call and the little hedgehog, believe it or not, had started to get better. And it wasn't walking properly. It couldn't walk in a straight line because it had been hit. So it got a bit damaged where it had been knocked by the car. And amazingly enough, I got to bring it home. So he said, would you like to release it in the garden? So I brought him home. I was so excited, Linda. So I went out, (laughs) 
brought the cardboard box home because that's what you get the cardboard box tightly closed with all the paper strings around it so I put it into the conservatory and then when it started getting dark about nine o'clock I just let it go I put it inside the hedgehog house that I'd already got luckily in the garden. Because well, you, you had that already then, did you? That was luckily already there because I already had a few hedgehogs coming up anyway. So it was already going to have a little friend when it was released. <laughs> <laughs> so it actually, when it made the exit, it came out the back entrance of the house. And we were all watching on the cameras in the conservatory for it to come out. And it actually came out of the back of the house and it went sneaky. off. <laughs> it did. It's like, I don't want you all watching me. Yeah. <laughs> so it snuck out the back of the hedgehog house. And, and believe it or not, that hedgehog is still here a year later. And, you know, it, it can get out under the gate. It could go wherever it wanted. It could sue at the hospital. So most of them will just disappear. Yeah. But it stayed. And it really got my heart that it stayed. And so it was a few months after that. And so suggested because she could see all the work I was doing for the Suffolk Hedgehog Hospital by walking. And she said, would you like a little girl hedgehog to release that came from Berry? And she was called Edith. (laughs) (laughs) And she'd had a broken leg. So yeah, she'd been in quite a bad way. So I said I'd take her and I released her in the garden and Sue was just hoping that I'd have baby hedgehogs, a bit like a you know, a reward for the work I'd done for her. Mm. Because she'd set me this big walking target of five thousand miles. She oh, snuck it, she snuck it on me. <laughs> and uh so five thousand miles is how far along are you now on that target? Four thousand. <gasps> I can't believe it. I've just just clocked 4,000 miles, got through six pairs of trainers. My trainers last me for about seven weeks a pair. And then you got to break new ones in. That's the one of trainers. And then, yeah, then, you know, (laughs) in the bin again. And are you constantly looking for hedgehogs? Is that what you do when you're out walking now? Is it just a thing that you're doing? I think it is really. It's made me very aware. But I was finding that people were contacting me. This is what started to happen. People were finding hedgehogs. They'd seen me on Facebook. They'd seen that I'd been helping, you know, mm-hmm. on Angling News and things that I posted. And people were contacting me and saying, we found a hedgehog and I was getting tagged. Everyone tagged me to come and help. So a lot of the hedgehog hospitals were full last year due to the huge amount of hedgehogs coming in. Suffolk Hedgehog Hospital had 1,000 hedgehogs coming last year. Wow. Which was incredible. So has never had that many hedgehogs come in, you know. Uh-huh. And the hospitals were full, so people didn't know what to do. They were contacting. So I went out and there was a lady just a little way from my house, actually, and she didn't know what to do. There was one found near a new pond. It was quite a big hedgehog when I got there and it was so poorly Linda so I brought it home and put it on the heat pads because you have to keep them warm and I didn't think it would even make it before I got to the hospital but it was in a bad way and, and a lot of hedgehogs pick up ringworm they pick up worms from eating believe it or not a lot of their food source is worms mm-hmm. and snails because a lot of the beetles and things have all disappeared you know with the environment changing by eating too many worms and things, this is how they catch worms. And this hedgehog called Emma 
they've got a really bad case of ringworm. But she was she was totally made better by Sue at the Hedgehog Hospital. And she came back to my garden and she was released here. She was the biggest one. She was like a football. <laughs> really? It's an amazing hospital. I can imagine. What do your family think about this new passion for hedgehogs? <laughs> I think I'm mad. I think. <laughs> my partner probably definitely does think I'm mad because, and my daughter says, Mum, I know you like hedgehogs, but, you know, you're getting obsessed. Yeah, they, they, they like but them, but they're not obsessed. It's like a passion I've got, and I think it's really helped me, really. Do you find I've... it's helped with the anxiety? Are you yeah, it's felt. That... You're thinking yeah. about other things rather than, than yourself, potentially. I'm focusing on the hedgehogs and it's taken my thoughts away from, you know, anxiety and things. Oh. And it really helped me a lot. So I just kept on and on. And then there was another hedgehog called Herman Hog. <laughs> me and my daughter named him. And I just literally come back off holiday, Linda, and there was a man in the roundabout and my partner was parking the caravan up. And he ran across the car park. He's glad there. Did she come and help? I found a hedgehog in the road. <laughs> so I took the little hedgehog and we'd only just literally got in the door and I put it in the rabbit hutch and fed it and watered it and everything. And uh, that one actually had to go to the hospital as well. But he got brought back here and released and he was totally fine. The last, no, not the last, one from the last rescue was actually my biggest was a friend I hadn't seen for over 20 years it was really unusual who contacted me and uh, she said can you come out and help there's a lady and she's seen a hedgehog a baby hedgehog and uh, she was quite worried there's some old people's flats in Haverhill so I went out I got there didn't know what to expect took this box took a towel and I looked and there was this concrete area, all bricks with a compost in the middle. And a lady showed me where the hedgehogs she thought were. So I started looking around and I saw one hedgehog. So I rescued that one because it was actually out of the area. And then I noticed some prickles sticking out of some bricks. And this hedgehog was jammed tight in the wall. Wow. So tight. So I thought, I've got to try and you know, get it out somehow. So obviously when I put my hand on it, it was really frightened and it was squealing and everything. But I managed to get it out. So after that one, I thought, I've got to actually start taking the ball down to find if there's any more. So there's me, Linda, on my hands and knees, down on the floor, taking the brickwork down, <laughs> one by one. <laughs> and then I found a second one. And so it went in with its little brother or sister in the box. And then I kept going, kept taking the bricks down. Quite a different sort of afternoon, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, taking the brickwork down at some old people's flats. And then I found a third one behind the bricks, lodged. And luckily, the hedgehogs were uh, a lucky, they were quite a decent weight. So they weren't really tiny. They'd obviously had their mother with them for some time. They're roughly weighing about 185 grams each something must have disturbed the mother and there was one more hedgehog on the right hand side where I was kneeling down and the bricks wouldn't come out that side so I thought oh no it's going to be left there you know I can't get it out it was right at the back behind the wall so I said to my friend what we're going to do and I had a think and I said if you go and get some dog meat and we'll put it down hopefully the smell of the food will make it come out and 
10, 15 minutes later, the little hedgehog came out and I rescued all four. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think the mother had kind of, well, maybe been killed or, or abandoned them and they'd just grown too large to get out of the, the hole that they were in? Do you think that's no, I think so. And I think they were probably scared, people coming out, because it's quite near to a door, the wall, mm-hmm. in the old people's flat. So I think they probably went to the back because they were too scared to come out. But... You know, that feeling of getting all those hedgehogs out to me is absolutely amazing to know that I'd rescued them. And they went all off to Hundon Hedgehog Rescue. And a lady there let me go and visit them only about a month ago. And it was amazing because they'd got to go onto a diet. (laughs) They'd been so well looked after. And when I took them in, they were probably the size of your hand, roughly. And they were really, you know, really big and it was lovely to see them. And they've just been released recently. You worked at the Suffolk Hedgehog Hospital as a volunteer. What kind of work is that? Was it kind of digging up worms to produce food for them or something <laughs> like that? What do you do in a hedgehog hospital? Making up their little boxes from sleeping. So you have to fold all the paper in a certain way. And then you have to make like a little closed area by folding all the sheets of paper putting the food in and the water and they all need cleaning out every day and also lots of paper shredding they get through so much paper so you'd be you know shredding their bedding and just generally feeding them and when the babies are there you'd be syringe feeding the babies with puppy milk with puppy milk really yeah yeah and that must be really cute actually I can imagine that so adorable they're so sweet yeah it's really quite fascinating you've got a book coming out I believe what's that about I'm kind of guessing it will be about hedgehogs it's mainly about wildlife in the hedgerows so it's called the hedgerows Mm -hmm. and it's a poem book I just started writing poems, Linda. I was going out and spending so much time outside. I was getting this strong love for outdoors, for the hedgerows. And one of the lady councillors in Haverhill said to me, why don't you, you know, write an article? So I wrote an article for the Echo newspaper in Haverhill. Mm-hmm. And after I'd done that on hedgerows, and it was actually witnessing something I'd seen myself with the actual creatures in there. The poem was actually real life to me. And the chief of the Echo editor said that it was good enough to be edited as a, why don't you get it done as a, you know, part of a book? Mm-hmm. So then I thought, I'm going to write some more poems. So I wrote a collection of poems, Linda, on outdoors, nature, and it's coming out the end of June. Just by being out walking gave me all these thoughts and everything. They all came together when I got back home and managed to write poems, which I never thought I'd be able to do. You've never done that before? That <laughs> never. Was something, you know? Did you like doing that at school or something? Or I think I used to like writing at school, yeah, really. Well, that's quite incredible, actually. And it's quite incredible that deciding to go out for walks in lockdown, and I mean real walks, I don't mean a walk around the block like a lot of us were doing just to get a bit of exercise. You're going on proper Half marathons. Yeah, half marathons. (laughs) Yeah. It's incredible that all of this has come out of it. You've been rescuing hedgehogs and now you're writing poetry. And I mean, quite incredible, really. Quite a a life-changing experience, isn't it? It has been life-changing. It's it's been amazing. And that's what my daughter says, you know, it's amazing 
I've also had an article in Take a Break Pets last year as well, story. And I'm going into BBC Wildlife magazine June the 2nd. So I'm encouraging, you know, writing articles on the welfare and encouraging Hedgehog Highways. And I believe Haverhill Council have recently honoured you. Tell us about that. For all my hard work recently, I've been awarded a slow hedgehog sign by the Haverhill Council for all my rescues in the community, which I was really touched by, which has just gone up outside my house in Monmouth Close. So I'm so proud because the lady from the council was so touched by what I was doing that she funded me the sign and it's just gone up about a month ago. And that's to encourage cars to slow down. To slow down where I live because I've got such a busy hedgehog highway. Your garden must be like, you can't go out there and bare feet, can you? <laughs> it's like the M25 with hedgehogs all running around. And they really go quite fast, Linda. Yeah, they zoom yeah, I along. I think of them as being really slow. but Actually, maybe... they're really quite fast. <laughs> really? Yeah. But I can go up to them in the garden and they don't roll up because I think they recognise me from handling them, really. And luckily the dog, they're okay with the dog. They are. Wow. Yeah, the dog just goes up and gives them a little sniff and they're fine. Yeah, realises they're really prickly yeah. and thinks I'm not going near them. I'm going to give that a miss. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really good. What do you think people should do if they find a hedgehog in distress? Definitely ring a rescue centre if you find a hedgehog out in daytime. I mean, there are certain cases where you just need to look around really before you pick it up because sometimes the mother hedgehog, when she's feeding the young will come out in the day because she's extra hungry or thirsty mm-hmm. so that is the only case where you know if you think it looks quite well leave it but if it looks quite poorly then ring a rescue centre and nine times out of ten if a hedgehog is found out in daylight it's usually got something wrong with it oh, that's really interesting Claire. really, really, <laughs> really yeah, it's been great talking to you and uh, thank you very much for coming on Women Making Waves today. It's been amazing. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. So that's all we have time for today on Women Making Waves. Our thanks to our guests, Claire Buckle and Megan Swan. We are always on the lookout to feature women living extraordinary lives. So please do contact us if you know of someone who we should be talking to. You can contact us via social media on Twitter and Facebook at WomenMW or on Instagram at Women Making Waves. You can also find us on cambridge105.co.uk or visit our website website womenmakingwaves.co.uk where you can hear all of our interviews. Bye for now. Goodbye.